the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will continue tonight our Bible study from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 26, starting from verse 36. Let's start reading from verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. The word Gethsemane means oil press. Oil press. In the Gospel of St. John, he calls it a garden. This garden was on the western side of the Mount of Olives and a short distance from Jerusalem. That's why St. Luke mentioned in his Gospel he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. As he was accustomed means the Lord Jesus Christ used to spend part of the nights in prayer there. When the Lord said to the disciples, uh, sit here while I go and pray over there, he said this to the eight disciples. As we know, the disciples are twelve. Judas did not go with them to Gethsemane, because Judas at the time, he was with the high priests and with the scribes and Pharisees, bringing soldiers to arrest the Lord Jesus Christ. So the remaining were uh, eleven. He took three with them. So, if we subtract three from the eleven, then the remaining are eight disciples. So, he said to eight disciples who were to remain, he told him, sit here while I go and pray over there. Then the Lord actually took with him three disciples, Peter, John, and James, to be witnesses of his anguish. The Lord Jesus Christ knew that a time of distress was coming upon him. So he chose to go privately to pray, which actually an example to all of us when we have a stressful time, it is time actually to go into our inner room and pray. The Lord Jesus Christ took three, Peter, James, and John. These are the three disciples whom he took with him to the Mount of Transfiguration. And also they witnessed once of the greatest miracle when he raised the daughter of Jairus from death. So uh, he hid his feeling from all the disciples and also expressed his feeling to these three only. He allowed his feelings to appear to these three because he hoped 
that they could bear this revelation or this expression and give him some sympathy. Because as we know, the Lord Jesus Christ is a perfect human and a perfect divine. And we are speaking about the incarnated Son of Man. And because he resembled our humanity in everything, he was hungry, he was thirsty, he got tired. So during this time, he needed sympathy and he needed support. So he took these three with him to give him the support and also to contemplate this agony in the light of the glory that they witnessed on the Mount Transfiguration. So those who witnessed his glory on the Mount Transfiguration, they can also watch him while he is suffering and in his anguish in Gethsemane. Then we read in verse 37, he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. It means he was overwhelmed with great anguish. He was pressed down. Uh, why he became extremely sorrowful and distressed? Why? Because of the suffering that he is willing to take very soon to offer himself as atonement for our sins. When he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death, this means his soul was very heavy. Not only because of the suffering of the cross, but more importantly, because the weight of our sins that he carried, St. Paul said about the Lord Jesus Christ, he became, became sin, he became a curse. So the heavy of our sins in his heart, the sins that he carried on his shoulder, the burden of our sins on him, and actually the sense of the divine wrath that was directed to the sins which actually he endured for our sake. That's why he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. As if he was saying, my spirit is almost gone. We read in the Gospel of Luke that in his anguish, actually even his sweat became like drops of blood. As if he was saying, I am ready to pass out. I'm ready to sink and die. My heart failed me. As I said, it was not fear of agony or fear of death, because he came to this moment and he endured the agony and death, the suffering on the cross. But actually, it was the burden of our sins, how he stood before God as a sinner, how he stood before the Father as a sinner. But all the physical suffering he endured and he was ready to endure all of them. That's why even the officer that pierced his heart said, this is the Son of God. This feeling actually showed to us his humanity. As I told you, the Lord Jesus Christ is perfect human and perfect divine. And these two natures were united in the person of the incarnated Son of Man. So, because he was perfect human, so as all of us, he suffered and he 
uh, was distressed and overwhelmed by anguish. Yes, his human nature was still in union with the divine nature because his humanity parted not from his divinity even for a twinkling of an eye. But the divine nature did not interfere to reduce this pain, but he endured the pain to its maximum. He suffered to the utmost and as much as possible for our sins. Saint Jerome said, our Lord suffered himself to be thus dejected to convince the world of the truth and reality of his human nature. Nobody now can argue his humanity as Uticus uh, did and argued his humanity. Uh, but is it possible for any one of us to comprehend the mystery of his suffering? Is it possible to understand what does it mean to carry all our sins and to stand before the Father as a sinner? Then we read in verse 38, Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He stepped a little further St. Luke explained how much further he said about a stone's cast. So when you, st you, you cast a stone, so he walked this distance. Then he fell on his feet as if he prostrated in prayer. This was the usual posture of prayer in times of great earnest. It reflects the deepest humiliation when a person humble himself before God. Then he said, O oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. If it were possible to save men, and carry out the divine work of redeeming them, if it is possible, and to take away this cup from me. Which cup? Not the cup of the physical suffering, but the cup of carrying our sins, of becoming a sin and of becoming a curse before the Father. The word cup is frequently used in the scripture to point out sorrow, anguish, terror, death. So he said to the father, it is too much for me to be sin. I am the holy one. I am the one without sin. But this doesn't mean that he did not want to accomplish our salvation. But definitely, it was not actually neither the will of the Father nor the will of the Son that we sin. And the Son carries the burden of our sins. But because of his great love, he accepted to carry our sin and to drink this cup to its fullest. So actually when the Lord said, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, it is not he is rejecting to carry our sin, but to show us how the burden and the heaviness of our sins on his heart 
was very burdensome. That's why he said, let this cup pass from me. Then when he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, this doesn't mean that the son has a different will from the will of the father. But this means that the son completely surrendered his will to the will of the father. As if he is saying, although this is a heavy burden on me, but my will is your will, and your will is to save the people, and my will is to save the people, so I am submitting my will to your will. This is actually an example of perfect faith. When we need to submit our will to the will of God, as we say in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done. And when we submit to the will of God, our prayers will be answered. Unfortunately, he who insists on his own will when it is contrary to the will of the Father fails in faith, fails in faith. Verse 40, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. St. Luke explained why they were sleeping. He said in Luke chapter 22, verse 45, from sorrow. St. Luke was a physician, and as a physician, he knows some people when they are depressed or sorrowful, they actually escape from this sorrow by sleeping. That's why St. Luke actually offered a scientific explanation why they were sleeping from sorrow. Uh, why the Lord directed his word to Peter, although uh, there were three with him? Why he said to Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Peter in particular, because few hours ago, he said out of his warm profession, his impulsive zeal and his self-confidence, if everybody denied you, I will not deny you. So now actually the Lord is saying to him, if you cannot keep awake, and if you cannot watch with me for one hour, then actually how did you say you will adhere to me in the trials that I will face from now until the cross? Watch. He told them, watch therefore. Watch because now greater trials are coming on. It is necessary therefore to be on your guards, to be watchful. Watch and pray because you cannot do it by yourself. Peter was self-confident when he told him, if everybody denied you, I will not deny you. But the Lord told him, you cannot do it by yourself. Seek help from God by supplication. When you are exposed to tribulation and hardship, watch and pray. How we watch when actually we observe good works, we being attentive that no wrong doctrine take hold of our hearts. And when we watch, when we observe good works and we observe the sound doctrine, then when we pray, God will help us and strengthen us and support us. And I want you to observe that the Lord did not direct them to pray that God 
will not make them enter into temptation. He did not tell them, pray to God that no temptation might befall you. But he told them, pray that you will not be overcome by temptation. Yes, temptations will come. But let us pray that we will not fall into temptation. The temptation will not overcome us. Then the Lord sympathized with them. And he told them, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is addressed to the disciples. To tell them, don't trust too much in your own courage. Yes, sometimes your spirit is ready. Your spirit is willing, but your body is still weak. Your human will is still weak. That's why you need to strengthen your will by prayer. Many times in our repentance, we stand before God in sincere repentance and we promise Him that we will not do it again. Then we fall back, not because we were not sincere in our repentance, but because the Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh, our human nature, is weak. That's why we need to pray that God may strengthen us. As if the Lord is telling them, you are truly sincere, but your good purpose will be overpowered by your weakness. You wish to continue steadfast in your adherence to me, but your fears will lead you to desert me. Verse 42, again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. In the second time, St. Luke adds that in the second time when he prayed, his sweat became like blood. And now in the second time, he submitted completely. He said only, your will be done. Your will be done. Complete submission to the will of the Father. Uh, maybe he came to the disciples to check on them to make sure that they are safe because he knew that Judas and the disciples uh, and sorry the soldiers are coming but also he was asking as I said for human sympathy in that hour of agony so here actually we can see how he suffered completely and he felt our suffering, he felt our pain, he felt how sin actually can overwhelm us. Uh, in his prayer, when he said, uh, when he said, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. In this prayer, actually, the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ is clearly evident. Is clearly evident. That he is saying, you know, if this cup, I have to drink it, I will drink it. But it is heavy for me, but I will submit my will to your will. Then he returned for the second time to the disciples, as we read in verse 43. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he did not talk to them the second time. 
verse 44 so he left them went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words then he came to his disciples and said to them are you still sleeping and resting behold the hour is at hand and the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners rise let us be going see my betrayer is at hand christ prayed for three times to teach to teach us perseverance in our prayers and this is actually the foundation on which the midnight hour is divided into three watches the three watches of the midnight hour prayer of the agbeya because the lord in gethsemane in midnight he prayed three times the repetition in prayer indicates intensity of feeling St. Luke mentioned that an angel came and strengthened him. And here is a beautiful meaning for us. When we don't find support from human beings or from friends around us, God will support us. When the human support decreases, the divine support increases. Then the Lord told them, the hour is coming the hour in which Judas with the soldiers are coming to arrest him is approaching unfortunately the hour when he needed their watchfulness and sympathy now this hour was past they had failed to actually be watchful in that hour they failed to be with him and support him now the moment is at hand the moment here when the soldiers are approaching the lord told them uh, the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of the sinners rise let us be going see my betrayer is at hand the betraying here means the betraying of the Lord Jesus Christ by Judas into the hand of the high priest, scribe and Pharisees. Then the delivering of the Lord Jesus Christ by the high priest, scribe and Pharisees into the hand of Pilate. Then the, uh, the delivery by Pilate to the Roman soldiers. All of this until the crucifixion will be fulfilled. This betraying was actually known by God. So it was not surprise to the Lord Jesus Christ. He foreknew what will happen to him. And this hour, he told them, is approaching. And as soon as Christ had said these words, Judas, with his band of soldiers, appeared. Verse 47, and while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. So he told them, rise, let us be going. Don't interpret this as if the Lord is saying, Rise, let us be going, let's run away, let's escape. Actually, this does not involve any suggestion of escaping, but rather a call to confront the danger. Let us go and meet them. Let us go and meet Judas and the soldiers. When we pray, when we are in hardship and we pray, there are two ways of answering our prayer. One way that the burden or hardship will be taken away. But the other way that God may strengthen us during the time of hardship and the prayer. Uh, 
Of course, these three times in which the Lord Jesus Christ prayed, it is possible that our Lord spent considerable time of prayer. But the evangelist, actually what they recorded for us is the summary of the prayer. The prayer was more than just, Lord, thy will be done. His prayers was, was more than this. And he returned repeatedly to the disciples, as I told you, to caution them against danger, to show that he is protecting them, he's interested in their welfare, even during the time of his agony and the time of his suffering. Verse 48. Now his betrayer, Judas, had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one sees him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greeting, Rabbi, and kissed him. <coughs> the account of the betrayal of our Lord Jesus Christ by Judas is recorded by all the evangelists in the four Gospels. Judas knew the place where the Lord would go to pass the night. He knew that he is in Gethsemane. Judas actually came, and I want you to notice St. Matthew said Judas one of the twelve. Why? Actually to mark his dishonorable ingratitude and wickedness. He is one of the twelve. Instead of being grateful to his master, instead of being honorable to his master, but now he is a wicked traitor. Judas came on the head of a great multitude, and he went before them to show them where Christ was and to deliver Christ into their hands. Judas had not been asleep that night. After he left uh, the upper room, he went and he was with the chief priests. And Judas wished to give them a sign because the Lord Jesus Christ had before uh, actually was able to escape from among them. As we read in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter uh, 3, chapter 4, he escaped uh, uh, from them. That's why this time, lest the Lord Jesus Christ escape as he did before, so uh, Judas gave them a sign uh, which will be a kiss. St. John Chrysostom said, Judas wished to give them a sign because Jesus had before been apprehended and had escaped from them on account of their ignorance of his person, which on this occasion he could also have done if such had been his pleasure. So it was actually in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to escape. So he delivered himself by his own will and his own authority alone. And the sign, unfortunately, was simply a kiss. A kiss which is a sign of love, now is a sign of betrayal. Uh, so the signal actually given was kissing accompanied with embraces to ensure that there should be no mistake as to the person intended. Judas here was demonstrative in his salutation more than usual. There is a prophecy about Judas in Psalm 55, verse 21, and this psalm we read it more than one time during the Holy Week. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. As soon as 
Judas appeared. Actually, Judas walked before the rest. He kept a distance between him and the rest. Not only to direct them or to guide them, but he separated himself from them that it might not be thought that he came with them or he belonged to them as a deceiver. So he came before them and he agreed with them that the person whom he would kiss, this is the one, but he separated himself as a deceiver to say, I am not with them, I just come by myself. And he said to the Lord Jesus Christ, Rabbi, which means a teacher. And the Lord actually responded to him, and he said, but Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. The word friend here in Greek doesn't mean friendship, but means only companionship. And this word in Greek uh, that was translated here as friend was used only when a person rebukes a companion. Like uh, in Matthew 20, verse 13, uh, when the Lord rebuked the one who uh, buried the, the talent, he told him, friend. So this was known as a word of rebuke. So the Lord here was rebuking him here. So Judas told him, my master, my Lord. But the Lord told him, you are just a companion. You accompanied me, but you are not a true disciple or a sincere disciple of mine. In the Gospel of St. Luke, St. Luke adds to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And the Lord told him, Why have you come? This was said not because Jesus was ignorant why he had come, but actually to fill the mind of Judas with consciousness of his crime. This question was intended actually to make him think about the crime of betrayal that he committed against the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the soldiers came and laid hands on Jesus. But in the Gospel of St. John chapter 18, we read that the Lord first demonstrated his power, his supreme power, when he asked them whom you are asked, you are seeking, and they said, Jesus of Nazareth, and he said, I am he. So all of them were struck down to earth, which means if the Lord wanted to run away, he could have run away. But after actually he demonstrated his supreme power, uh, actually he delivered himself into their hands. Uh, and we, we, we see here his courage that he went to meet the betrayer. He went to meet Judas and all the soldiers. Uh, one of the church fathers said, with what composure does he go forth to meet the traitor. With what calmness receive the malignant kiss? With what dignity does he deliver himself into the hands of his enemies, yet plainly showing his superiority over them? Yes, it is strange that after this they should dare to approach him and to lay their hands on him. But this is what, unfortunately, they did. They laid their hands on him.
uh, it is remarkable that the four gospels recorded actually uh, recorded the fact that everybody escaped except Saint John. Saint John followed him from afar to the palace of the high priest. But all the disciples actually ran away. Verse uh, 51. And suddenly, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. This was actually Peter. This was actually Peter. The only gospel that mentioned the name of this disciple was St. John. He said this was Peter and he mentioned also the name of the servant that his name is Malchus. Peter did not comprehend the meaning of what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 22 when he said, He that has not sword, let him by one. So Peter thought that the Lord Jesus Christ wanted them to have their swords in order to use it at that time. But of course, the Lord did not intend a physical sword, but a spiritual sword. Uh, Peter actually asked the Lord, Lord, shall we strike? And before waiting for an answer, he took his sword and cut off the ear of one of the servants. And suddenly, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword struck the servant of the high priest and cut, cut off his ear. Verse 52 But Jesus said to him Put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? So the Lord actually uh, rebuked Peter for his harshness and how he misunderstood his words, thought that the Lord was speaking about a physical sword. But also actually the Lord wanted, in addition to rebuke St. Peter, to soften the mind of the multitude. Because can you imagine if Peter took the sword, how the soldiers would react? They actually they pull their swords, and now they may kill the twelve, the eleven disciples that were with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Lord wants to calm everybody down by sitting, by saying to Peter, "Don't use the sword. Otherwise, actually, we can see a battle." And we can see how the rest of the apostles, all of them, will be killed in Gethsemane. So the Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter that this defense that you are trying to do can be an occasion for your own destruction. You can be perished if you kill, actually, you will be punished for this sin of murder. As if the Lord is saying, by doing this, you are endangering your life here on earth as well as your eternal life. Most probably, the word, all who take the sword will perish by the sword, this was actually a proverb denoting 
that they who engaged in wars commonly perish there. And the Lord gave another reason for not using the sword. He said, actually, God the Father can send 12 legions. So if I want to save myself, I don't need a sword. I have a different way to save myself. 12 legions, uh, 12 here, as if the Lord's saying, I have 12 disciples, but even if the 12 disciples left me, one of them denied me, the other betrayed me, and the, the rest escaped, but God can send me 12 legions. A legion was a division of the Roman army amounting to more than 6,000 men. 6,000 men. Uh, verse 54. How then could the scripture be fulfilled that it must happen thus? So the Lord is saying here, all what happened here and this betrayal and this arrest was mentioned before in the scripture. So I'm not surprised. I know what will happen to me. I came for this hour. So as if he is saying to Peter, the angels would have come to rescue me if I wanted this, but I give myself by my own will to uh, death. Verse 55. In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a rubber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Among all the attacks that happened upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the only one that the Lord addressed when he told them, you came to me as if I am a robber, as if I am a thief. And he told them, I was teaching in the temple, why you did not arrest me? Why you did not seize me when I was in the temple? And the reason behind this, because they feared the multitude. They feared the multitude. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ went to Gethsemane by night in order to give the soldiers an opportunity, opportunity of time and opportunity of place to apprehend him and to arrest him. As if he is telling them, without my permission, you will not be able to arrest me. I came here in that hour by my own will to give you a permission to come and arrest me. St. John Chrysostom says, The evangelist informs us in the following verse of the reason of this conduct, that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. The writing of the prophets might be fulfilled. So the 11 apostles, who a little while before, when they were in the upper room, thought they never could forsake the Lord, fled away as soon as he was seized. St. Peter and St. John followed the Lord after a distance. Uh, St. Mark actually speaks about himself in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 14, that a young man followed with nothing on but a linen clothes. 
This young man is Saint Mark himself. And according to Saint Luke, these words were addressed to the chief priests and captains of the temple and elders, where it appears to, uh, that some members of Sanhedrin had in their evil zeal joined in the capture. So when the Lord told them, Have you come out as against a robber with sword and clubs to take me? St. Luke said these words were addressed to high priests, which means the soldiers did not come by themselves, but some chief priests came with them, some members of the Sanhedrin came with the soldiers to arrest the Lord Jesus Christ. St. Luke adds that the Lord told them, this is your hour and the power of darkness. This is your hour and the power of darkness. So the Lord Jesus Christ had only the 12 disciples who professed unbreakable attachment to him. One of the 12 betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. Another one, Peter, denied him with oath. And the rest ran away and completely abandoned him to his enemies. And many of us, unfortunately, until today, although we confess our attachment to the Lord Jesus Christ, but when time of hardship or tribulations faces us, we leave him and we deny him. Actually, it is a time of hardship and time of tribulation that will reflect and will show our faithfulness. Are we going to remain faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ during the time of hardship and tribulations or not? We'll stop here and I will give a quick summary in Arabic for these verses. هاد ملخص بسرعة بالعربي على الآيات اللي أنا شرحناها. إحنا ابتدينا من أول آية 36 من إنجيل متى إصحاح 26. حينئذ جاء معهم يسوع إلى ضيعة يقال لها جثيماني. جثيماني معناها معصرة زيت. فقال للتلاميذ اجلسوها هنا حتى أمضي وأصلي هناك. التلاميذ ذولت اللي هم تمانية من التلاميذ لأن التلاميذ كلهم اتناشر يهوذا كان وقتها مع الرؤساء الكهنة في ثلاثة خدهم السيد المسيح معاه يتبقى تمانية فدورة التمانية اللي لهم اجلسوها هنا حتى أمضي وأصلي هناك خد معاه بطرس وابني زبدي بطرس ويعقوب ويوحنا دولت اللي خدهم معاه جبل التجلي ودولت اللي خدهم معاه في إقامة ابنة يايروس لأن هما شافوا المجد بتاعه على التجلي فهما كانوا يقدروا يستحملوا يشوفوا المسيح في الألم في جسماني وابتدأ يحزن ويكتئب الحزن والاكتئاب هنا مش كان علشان ألم الصليب ولكن في اللحظة دي وضع عليه اسم جامعنا وحمل خطيانا فكان الألم النفسي ألم شديد جدا أن يقف أمام الله الآب كخاطي تخيلوا كده الخطايا اللي احنا بنشمئز من سماحها المسيح وقف امام الله الاب كسارق كلص كزاني كقاتل لانه حمل خطايانا وقف امام الله الاب فكان صعب جدا جدا هذه اللحظات على السيد المسيح ده اللي خلاه يقول لهم نفسي حزينه جدا حتى الموت امكثوا ها هنا واظهروا معي اظهروا معي لأن السيد المسيح الإله المتأنس هو شابهنا في كل شيء فهو خد بشرية كاملة زينا فمحتاج أيضا المسندة في هذا الوقت عشان كده قال لبطرس ويعقوب ويوحنا تعالوا معايا ووقفوا معايا في هذه اللحظات ثم تقدم قليلا وخر على وكيه وكان يصلي يا أبتاء أمكن فلتعبر عني هذه الكأس كلمة لتعبر عني هذه الكأس مش معناها رفض من السيد المسيح انه يشرب هذه الكأس لانه عارف انه هو لهذه الساعة قد اتى ولكن هذا التعبير عشان يبين لنا قد ايه مرارة كأس الخطية 
مرارة هذا الكأس اللي هو شرفه من أجلنا إنه يصير بولس الرسول يستخدم تعبيرين في منتهى الشدة قال صار خطية لأجلنا وأرسال لعنة لأجلنا فتخيل سيد المسيح الذي بلا خطية قدوس يصير خطية ويصير لعنة ولا الذي لم يعرف خطية صار خطية لأجلنا فطبعا ده كان صعب فلما المسيح بيقول لتعبر عني هذه الكأس ده مش معناه ان هو بيرفض كأس الصليب ولكن معناه عايز يبين لنا مرارة هذه الكأس قد ايه كان صعب عليه ان يصير خطية ويصير لعنة ولكن ليس كما اريد انا بل كما تريد انت ده مش معناه ان ارادة الابن غير ارادة الاب ولكن ده معناه ان انا سلمت ارادتي بالكامل الى ارادة الاب عشان كده حتى في الحن بتاعتنا بنقول لأنه بإرادته ومصرة أبي والروح القدس فإرادة الأب والابن والروح القدس هي إرادة واحدة ما فيش تعارض بين إرادة الابن وإرادة الأب ولكن كلمة زي مثلا ما يجي واحد يقول لك تحب نعمل إيه كل اللي تعمله أنا موافق عليه مش, مش يعني إرادة هي أرادة فدي معنى الآية ليس كما أريد أنا بل كما تريد أنت ثم جاء إلى التلاميذ فوجدهم نيام قديس لقى يقول النوم هنا من الحزن اللقى كان طبيب معروف أحيانا أن الواحد لما يكون حزين أو مكتئب ممكن يهرب من الاكتئاب ده بأنه ينام فبقول لقى فسر النوم بتاعهم من الحزن فسيد المسيح عاتب بطرس وقال له أهكذا ما قدرتم أن تصاروا معي ساعة واحدة عايز يقول له فين يا بطرس أنت من شوية لما كنا في العيلية قلت وإن أنكرك الجميع أنا مش أنكرك وأنا هاجي معك لغاية الموت ده أنت ما قدرتش حتى تقعد معي ساعة واحدة وإحنا بنصلي وراح قال لهم اسهروا وصلوا لألا تدخلوا في تجربة اسهروا وصلوا لألا تدخلوا في تجربة مهم السهر السهر بين الإنسان يلازم الإيمان السليم والأعمال الصالحة والصلاة علشان ربنا يعطينا قوة لأن احنا بنفسنا مش هنقدر بطرس كان واثق في نفسه وإنكرك الجميع أنا مش أنكرك لثقة في النفس فربنا قال له لا أنت عايز يعني غروف بالنفس ربنا قال له أنت عايز تعتمد على ربنا ما تعتمدش على نفسك وكلمة لا تدخل لا تد... لكي لا ألا تدخلوا في تجربة ترجمة بتاعتها لا ألا تسقطوا في تجربة دي الترجمة السليمة بتاعتها فهنا السهر والصلاة مش يمنعوا ان احنا ندخل في تجربة ولكن تحمينا من ان احنا نبعد عن ربنا او نفشل او نسقط في الاختبار وقت التجربة وليان ربنا قال نعرف ضعفكم الروح نشيط اما الجسد فضعيف كتير مننا لما بنقدم توبة بيكون روحنا قوية ونقول يا رب بكل غيرة انا مش ارجع تاني للخطية ولكن بسبب جسدنا وطبيعتنا البشرية بنرجع تاني للخطية ربنا فاهم الضعف البشري مش كده قال أنا عارف الروح نشيد أما الجسد فضعيف ومضى أيضا ثانية وصلى قائلا يا أبتا إن لم يمكن أن تعبر عني هذه كأس إلا أن أشربها فلتكن مشيئتك وصلى المرة الثانية وقال له يا أبتا أنا هشرب هذه كأس لتكن مشيئتك ورجع لقاهم نايمين ثم جاء فوجدهم أيضا نياما إذ كانت عانهم ثقيلة فتركهم ومضى أيضا وصل ثالثة خائلا ذلك الكلام بعينه الأباء بيقولوا ربما صلوات المسيح كانت أكبر ولكن هم قدموا لنا ملخص للصلاة إن هو إن الكأس دي كان صعب أن يشربها ولكن هيشربها لأن هذه هي إرادة الآب وإرادة الإب ومصرة الروح القدس الثلاث صلوات دولت ده السبب اللي احنا بنصلي في صلاة مصرية الثلاث خدمات زي المسيح صلى ثلاث مرات فاحنا بنصلي ثلاث خدمات في صلاة مصرية ثم جاء إلى تلاميذه وقال لهم ناموا الآن واستريحوا هوذا الساعة قد اقتربت وابن الإنسان يسلم إلى أيد الخطى ناموا الآن واستريحوا يعني خلاص المهمة اللي كنت عايزكم فيها انكم تسبورت مي توقفوا معايا في المعاناة بتاع الجسماني انتهت فدلوقتي هيجي يهوذا وكل الناس الرؤساء الكهنة 
والجنود بتوع الهيكل علشان يقبضوا عليا قوم وننطلق هو هذا الذي يسلمني قد اخترب قوم وننطلق مش قوم ونهرب لكن يلا بينا نواجههم قوم وننطلق يلا بينا نواجههم وفيما هو يتكلم إذ يهوز أحد الاثنى عشر قد جاء ومعه جمع كثير بسيوف وعصي من عند رؤساء الكهنة وشيوخ الشعب والذي أسلمه أعطاهم علامة قائلا الذي أقبله هو هو أمسكوا يهوذا كان عارف أن سيد المسيح دائما بروح في منطقة جسماني فبعد في العلية لما خرج من العلية راح قابلهم رؤساء الكهنة وقال لهم تعالوا معايا علشان هسلم لكم المسيح وادهم علامة قال لهم لأنا أقبله هو هو سيد المسيح مرة قبل كده لما كانوا عايزين يرموه من حافة الجبل يقولك مشي من وراهم وهرب فهنا لألا يهرب وبعدين هما يقبضوا على حد تاني فيهوز قال لهم أنا عارفه فأنا هاخده وأحضنه وأقبله عشان تتأكدوا إن هو ده يهوز حب يخدع قال لهم أنا هتقدم أمامكم فبالنسبة للتلاميذ لما يشوف يهوز جاي لوحده مش هيفتكرون هو جاي مع الجنود فأكنه عايز يقول إن مش أنا اللي سلمت المسيح أو أنا اللي خنت المسيح وفي نفس الوقت هو ماشي قصادهم علشان يعرفهم يكون هو الدليل علشان يقبضوا على السيد المسيح وللوقت تقدم إلى يسوع وقال السلام يا سيدي وقبله للأسف القبلة اللي هي علامة المحبة استخدمها هنا لكي تكون علامة للخداع والخيانة فقال له يسوع يا صاحب لماذا جئت كلمة يا صاحب معناها يا زميل مش معناها صديق والكلمة دي كانت بتتقال للتوبيخ عارفين اللي خد الوزن ودفنها قال له يا صاحب ليه ما خدش الوزن دي وقدتها للناس المرابين ثم لما كنت آجي كنت أخدها مع الربا فكلمة يا صاحب هي كلمة للتوبيخ فهنا يهوزة بيقول له يا سيدي يا معلمي فربنا قال له لا أنت مش تلميذي فلو كنت تلميذي بجد ما كنتش خنتني كده فتقدموا وألقوا الأيادي على يسوع وأمسكوا طبعا لو المسيح كان عايز يهرب كان هرب لكن السيد المسيح بإرادته وسلطانه وحده سلم نفسه ليهم وإذا واحد اللي هو بطرس من الذين مع يسوع مد يده واستل سيفه وضرب عبد رئيس كان فقطع أذنه عبد رئيس كان يحن ذكر اسمه هو ملخص وقطع أذن في إنجيل لؤة كان السيد المسيح قال لهم من ليس معه سيف فليبع ثوبه وليشتري سيفا هنا كان السيد المسيح بيتكلم على سيف الروح اللي هي كلمة ربنا اللي بتسندنا في وقت التجربة إنما غالبا بطرس فهم الآية ديا بمعنى حرفي فافتكر إن ده الوقت بيستخدم في السيف في البشاير التاني يقول إن بطرس سأل أنضرب بالسيف وقبل ما ربنا يرد راح بطرس واخد السيف وقطع أذن عبد رئيس الكهن فربنا قال له رد سيفك إلى مكانه لأن كل الذين يأخذون السيف بالسيف يهلكون ليه ربنا قال له رد السيف إلى مكانه مش بس عشان يوبخ بطرس ولكن تخيلوا لو المسيح ما قالش كده كان إيه اللي حصل كان الجنود حبوا ينتقموا لعبد رئيس الكهنة فكان رفع السيوف ابتدوا يقتلوا في التلاميذ كان ممكن تحصل معركة ويموت فيها ناس كتير منهم التلاميذ فلما المسيح قال بصوت عالي رد سيفك إلى مكانه لأن كل الذين يأخذون بالسيف بالسيف يهلكون هنا هد الجموع وكأن السيد المسيح مش وكأن ده هو بالحقيقة حتى في لحظة صلبه كان صانع سلام وهد الجموع اللي جايين يقبضوا عليه بدل ما تقوم معركة بالسيوف بينهم ما بين التلاميذ وقال له بطرس إحنا أسلوبنا مش هو بالسيف أنت لو استخدمت السيف اللي هيحصل إنها ممكن تقتل على الأرض وأيضا تفقد أبديتك وحياتك الأبدية ولين قال له 
تفتكر يا بطرس لو انا عايز انقذ نفسي مش هقدر انقذ نفسي ولو انا عايز انقذ نفسي هلجا للسيف اتظن اني لا استطيع الان ان اطلب الى ابي فيقدم لي اكثر من 12 جيشا من الملائكه قال له يعني لو 12 تلميذ سابوني الاب هيبعت له 12 جيش من الملائكه الاب هيبعت له 12 جيش من الملائكه والجيش كان في الكتيبه الرومانيه 6000 واحد فقال له فكيف تكمل الكتب قال لي انا يا بطرس جاي علشان اسلم نفسي للصليب والكتب بتقول كده العهد القديم اللي انتوا دارسينه وحافظينه بيقول ان انا جاي عشان اتصلب اقرا اشعيا 53 انه هكذا ينبغي ان يكون في تلك الساعه قال يسوع للجموع كانه على لص خرجتم بسيوف وعصي لتاخذوني كل يوم كنت اجلس معكم معلم في الهيكل ولم تمسكوني قال لهم انتوا جايين ورايا لكاني انا حرام لان الحراميه بيستخبوا من الناس قال لهم انا مش مستخبي منكم ده انا جيت هنا علشان اديكم الفرصه انكم تقبضوا عليا لان انتوا ما قدرتوش تقبضوا عليا في الهيكل علشان الجموع فانا جيت بارادتي الى جسماني في الليل عشان اديكم الزمان والمكان اللي تقدروا تقبضوا فيا فانا مش زي الحرميه اللي بيستخبوا في الجبل فانتوا جايين تقبضوا عليا في الجبل لا ده انا جاي هنا عشان امكنكم من انكم تقبضوا عليا واما هذا كله فقد كان لكي تكمل كتب الانبياء قال كل ده بيحصل علشان تتم كتب الانبياء تعرفين قديس متى بيكتب انجيله لليهود فكل شويه عايز ياكد لهم ان اللي بيحصل ده اتنبأوا عنه الانبياء حينئذ تركه التلاميذ كلهم وهربوا لكن نعرف بعد كده ان يوحنا وبعدي ومعه بطرس هم اللي تبعوه يوحنا تبعه ولانه كان يعرف رئيس الكهنه دخل غير دار رئيس الكهنه بطرس ما قدرش بس يوحنا لانه كان يعرف رئيس كان خرج بره ودخل بطرس وده بقيه الاصحاح نبقى نكمله في المره القادمه لاله من المجد الدائم الى الابد. اتفضل. من الليل يا زكسابتي.